What's up, guys? And welcome back to the Black Health Academy podcast. Have a small episode for you today. I'm Lisa A. Smith, founder of the Black Health Academy and your Black Health Advocate, extending the life expectancy of the culture one episode at a time. So today it's just me. My co-host, Miss Get Fit with Jay, will be joining me back on the next episode. But we did not want you guys to go a week without a podcast episode. So I'm going to do a small episode today talking about emotional eating. This is a really, really important subject. So I wanted to deep dive into a few tips to number one, identify whether or not you are an emotional eater. And number two, some ways um, in which you can begin, begin to reverse it. So if you're not familiar Welcome to the Black Health Academy. The Black Health Academy is an online on-demand platform dedicated to the eradication of the most common chronic diseases we see in our community. So the top three killers in the black community are heart disease, cancer, and stroke. And these are all preventable lifestyle diseases. These are not diseases caused by dirty water like cholera or malaria, you know, caused by mosquitoes. This isn't, you know, these aren't diseases caused by environment or nature or something that can be deemed unavoidable, we're dying of things that are 100% preventable, right? These are lifestyle diseases caused by, you know, bad diet, lack of physical movement, chronically living in high stress environments. So it is our mission at the Black Health Academy to make sure you have every single tool you need to be a advocate for yourself and for your family with regard to your health. So inside the Black Health Academy, you will find master classes on things like obesity, uh, dental health, type 2 diabetes, hypertension. You will find workouts and plank you. You will find plant-based nutrition and plant you, and you will find mental health and sci-fi. So we have four schools inside of the academy. So if you haven't already, hop on over to theblackhealthacademy.com and enroll for your free seven-day trial. So we'll Welcome to the podcast. Let's deep dive into emotional eating. So one of my favorite quotes is by Horace Mann, and it says, we should be ashamed to die until we have, excuse me, we should be ashamed to die until we have made some major contribution to humankind. We should be ashamed to die until we have made some major contribution to humankind. Now, this was a quote from a gentleman named Horace Mann. But I think I first heard Les Brown say this quote, and it really moved me. I thought that really spoke volumes about what our true purpose is here on earth. And you're probably wondering, okay, what does this have to do with emotional eating? Well, I was thinking recently about this huge problem that we have in our community and essentially worldwide with our addictions to foods, right? Now, a lot of these things are 100% premeditated and manipulated. They, these food companies spend billions of dollars to concoct formulas to make their foods out of, to make sure we are physiologically addicted to the salt, the oil, the sugar, the fried foods, right? To make sure that we are craving these things, having withdrawal symptoms if we don't eat them and that we're running back to the shelves to purchase them over and over again. It is a very systematic process uh, that gets us hooked on these foods. But I venture to say that it's not just the food companies that are responsible, right? We absolutely must take some onus in our addictions to food. 
And a lot of this comes from, you know, our emotional attachments or emotional detachment, should I say, from issues that we have in our lives. Excuse me. So a lot of times what I found find working with clients, um, as you guys know, well, most of you know, my first company, Professionally Fit, is a coaching company. And so I coach individuals, organizations and small groups into transitioning to a whole foods, plant-based lifestyle. I help individuals transition out of job burnout. You know, we focus on stress management. We focus on physical fitness. And so from coaching, what I found is that a lot of times we are using food to uh, avoid dealing with bigger issues in our lives, right? So whether that be grieving, we we never took the time to properly grieve over uh, the loss of a loved one or the loss of a job or the breakdown of a marriage, right? We've never taken the time to properly grieve over these big life occurrences. And we look up and we've gained X amount of pounds. And now we are completely deconditioned. Now we're dealing with chronic, you know, uh, pain and chronic discomfort, autoimmune diseases and things that we think are emerging simply because we are just unlucky or, you know, we're attributing these things to other reasons that are simply not true, right? It, it Oftentimes there's a combination of reasons, but as far as taking onus and, hey, this can be, this illness that I'm suffering from could literally be build up and backed up in unaddressed emotions, right? And we deal with a lot of those things with food. So one of the suggestions that I often give in um, one of my coaching programs, Farm to Table, which is going to become available for you guys to enroll into very soon. So I'm very excited about that. We're going to make Farm to Table available Uh, for the Black Health Academy. However, one of the things um, I teach during one of those modules in Farm to Table uh, during our lesson about emotional eating is using life, using your life's purpose and using your gift to settle those emotions as opposed to food. So let me explain. In uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You may have heard of, of this. It is from Maslow, a, a world-renowned uh, psychotherapist, and he created this uh, these five hierarchy of needs that are required for every human being, right? And in this, these um, five hierarchy of needs, he lists self-actualization as the very top need, right? This is uh, the level that most people never achieve. So let me go briefly through the entire uh, pyramid. So the first thing that every human requires is their physiological needs must be met. So that's breathing, food, water, things like uh, sleep, sex, excretion, safety, right? So those are physiological needs, right? Think about it. If you have to use the bathroom really bad, the only thing you're thinking about is using the bathroom. You can't even focus on anything else. If you're starving, you haven't eaten all day, only thing you're thinking about is getting some food in that belly. And once that basic need is is addressed, you then can go to other things. So this is the lower level of the pyramid in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So the first is physiological. The second is safety, security of the body, secure um, employment, security of resources, of morality, of family, of health, and of your own uh, 
property, right? So that's the second level. So after our basic needs are met, now we're looking at securing these things and feeling safe in our immediate life. Next is love and belonging. So after the first two needs are met, everyone needs love and belonging. That's friendship, that's family, that's sexual intimacy. We need those connections with other humans, which Jay and I talked about on the last episode when we talked about um, three ways to improve your health. Now we talked, you know, extensively about the need for social connection. Um, next on the hierarchy needs is esteem, self-esteem, confidence, achievement, respect of others and respect by others. So again, this is Maslow's hierarchy of needs, physiological, safety, love and belonging, esteem, and finally, self-actualization. Now, this is the big one that I want to focus on with regard to emotional eating. Self-actualization, uh, uh, excuse me, self-actualization is referring to your ability to be creative, spontaneous, to solve problems, to, um, you know, have your morality respected and addressed, right? So self-actualization is achieving one's full potential, including creative activities. And I would like to venture out to say that part of the reason that emotional eating is such a big issue for many of us is because we never reach this level of self-actualization. Now you might be saying, wait a minute, Lisa, that might be a reach, right? I'm just eating out of boredom, right? What makes you think now all of a sudden I'm not meeting these needs of addressing my full potential? Well, here's what I mean. I'll give you a very basic example. I do a lot of speaking and I do a lot of teaching. So for the Black Health Academy alone, I teach one free nutrition class a month here in Detroit. I'm also the head of the plant-based nutrition support group for Detroit. So I facilitate a meetup every fourth Wednesday of the month here in Detroit for that. And in addition to that, I coach one-on-one with clients. I speak at different organizations, um, going in talking about the, you know, how they can become professionally fit, essentially bridging the gap between their health and their performance in the company. Um, and then I do small group coaching. I just launched a small group a coaching program called Farm to Table. And so now I that's a six-week intensive, and I do that every Monday nights at 8 p.m. I take my cohort of students, and we have a live lecture and homework and an entire program, right? So as you can see, I work every single day in my field and in my gift and in my passion, and I'm very fulfilled by it. I am very happy with what I do. I run two companies full-time. Um, I also... I'm in school, right? I'm pre-med at Wayne State University. So and so every single thing that I do for work, you know, in school, you know, it's all based around health. It's all based around nutrition. It's all based around physical fitness. And it makes me so happy and brings me so much joy, right? I have reached a level of self-actualization in my life, right? I have the uh, ability every day to thrive in my gift. It's not something that I have to wait uh, to do on the weekends when I have some free time. It's not something that I reserve for the evenings after I've worked a nine to five. It's not something that um, I meet up with some good buddies to do every couple of month, months. It's literally what I live and breathe and do every single day. 
And because of that, because of that feeling and because of that level of self-actualization and, and autonomy, I do not have the need to fill some void in my life with something such as food, right? Or something such as uh, trash reality TV, right? We all have guilty pleasures. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying those things are not good. I mean, I, I enjoy a good donut like anybody else. I want to be very clear, right? But what I'm saying is a lot of times when we're not living fully, when we're not living all out, and sometimes it's by choice, sometimes it's by force, whatever it may be, regardless of your circumstance, when we often have a void in our lives, we find something, some inanimate object, i.e. pizza, right, i.e. potato chips, i.e. cookies, i.e. you know, takeout, to fill us up and make us feel complete, right? Now, emotional eating arises from a variety of causes. I'm not saying this is every single circumstance or instance, but what I am saying is that when there's something absent in your life and when there that void is there, it's very easy to turn to these addictive foods, which really makes us happy, really makes us feel good, right? I mean, I love a good pizza just like anybody else, right? They really make us happy in that moment. We look forward to them. You know, we usually set the stage. Oh, let me get in, you know, find something good on Netflix or, you know, let me relax and be in my bed and kick my shoes off. We set the stage for how we're going to consume this food. Right. But when you if you find yourself doing it repeatedly over and over again and, and to the point where you cannot you cannot control it where you literally turn to food when there's a void in your life, you have a bad day. Or if you haven't discovered how to um, get rid of or work through, should I say, uh, these emotions in a healthy manner. So you turn to food, right? Your someone at work has angered you, whether it's your staff or whether it's your boss, right? Some, you know, they the, the company has frustrated you with their, you know, archaic policies and ridiculous, you know, re- requirements, you know. And so you turn to food, or most people think about this: you have to have, you know, a glass of wine to decompress from the day. That's emotional eating. Or drinking, right? So when we, as opposed to having something that's going to happen or that you're going to do after work, after that long day, or after that big fight with your spouse or your mate, having something else that you can turn to that's going to fill you up or to help you work through that emotion in a healthy manner. A lot of times we turn to this food subconsciously. We don't even know we're making an emotional decision, right? And so what I teach in Farm to Table during our our emotional eating module is I talk about because my spirit is so filled up with doing what I love all the time, I don't have to turn to inanimate objects such as food or bad TV or just engaging in something that's unhealthy to make me feel complete or give me relief. Right. And so that's what I want you to kind of hone in on. How can you restructure your life, begin to put a plan in motion that's going to help you reach that level of self-actualization? Because it is really, really powerful. And many of us go most of our lives never reaching self-actualization. Right. Most of us, you know, we might stop at esteem needs. A lot of times we don't even 
reach that level on Maslow's hierarchy. But a lot of times we stop at esteem needs, which are, you know, self-esteem and confidence and achievement. We get there. But to go to that next level of self-actualization is huge. And that's why I love Horace Mann's quotes, quote so much where he says we should be ashamed to die until we have made some major contribution to mankind by far serving, serving our community, serving, you know, people and helping others is no doubt one of the most satisfying feelings that any of us will ever experience. And serving is, you know, can be a selfish act, right? We want to feel good about ourselves, so we serve, which I personally don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think, you know, your intentions are bad just because you want to help somebody else to make you feel good. That person is still getting the help, right? Let's not be, let's not overthink this thing, right? Now, you shouldn't be doing it to get anything in return. You shouldn't be doing it to, you know, throw something back in somebody's face later. But if you're helping to make yourself feel good, hey, that's self-care, really. And that's the best kind of self-care because two people are winning instead of one. So instead of a massage, you know, instead of, you know, a spa day, you are going to serve, right? You're going to volunteer or you're going to speak and share your gift with, you know, a group of children or something. You're going to go teach something that you're really great at. You're going to, you know, take a friend or a coworker under your wing and coach them through something they've been having issues with. That's powerful. It makes you feel so good. That person is going to appreciate it so much. That's self-care, right? So being able to get filled up in those ways actually really, really helps you reroute those emotions to where they belong and not ending up on your plate. So let's go a little back here. I should probably should have started with this, but how do you know if you're an emotional eater, right? So there's this really good article that I often refer to um, my clients to read. And it's essentially, you know, emotional eating versus mindful eating. And I love some of the uh, questions they have in the article to determine if you're an emotional eater. And they are, do you eat more when you're feeling stressed? Do you eat when you're not hungry? Or do you eat when you're full? Do you eat to feel better, to calm and soothe yourself when you're sad, mad, bored, or anxious? Do you reward yourself with food, right? Because emotional eating is not all about masking negative emotions. You can be excited or happy or want to celebrate and think you now deserve a pack of cookies, right? Um, Do you regularly eat until you've stuffed yourself? Does food make you feel safe? Do you feel like food is a friend? And finally, do you feel powerless or out of control around food, right? That's a big one. Do you, can you, you know, have every single intention of being quote unquote good this week, but then you get to the office, there's free bagels or donuts, and do you instantly feel powerless, right? So, you know, it's all about really taking your power back from food. If you guys uh, subscribe to the podcast here and you listen to my 60 second tips of the week every week, I recently did one about taking your power back from food. 
taking your power back from food, using your words, you know, because a lot of us use our words to give our power away. We say things like, I have to have my coffee in the morning. I can't live without cheese. I need some potato chips, right? We use these words and we give our power away, not even realizing it, you know? So, all right, take those questions into consideration. Determine whether or not you are an emotional eater. Enjoying a meal that's not so good for you from time to time, you know, is okay. That doesn't make you an emotional eater. But if you turn to those things on a regular and recurring basis to make yourself feel better, um, to push down an emotion that's coming up that you're refusing to deal with, that's a problem. Um, and so I implore you to, number one, when you're thinking about eating to mask some feelings of anxiety or to mask some feelings of inadequacy, um, to uh, mask feelings of or, you know, out of boredom. Right. Um, I implore you to serve. I really do. I implore you to think about in that moment how you can help somebody else, because we often get so caught up in our own lives and overthink and overanalyze everything that we're now blowing this thing out of proportion in our minds. And we can't seem to take the focus off of me, myself and I. So when you then decide to serve and immerse yourself into somebody's else's cause, even for a short period of time, it really helps to relieve and lift that pressure. So I remember I was feeling down, I think it was last year, about some stuff that was going on in the company. Things weren't going the way I planned them to go. And I was really beating myself up. You know, you know, being an entrepreneur is a really, truly an emotional roller coaster sometimes. And I was feeling like I was failing, quite honestly. I was really feeling like I was not nailing this thing. And I had, I had already heard this lesson about giving when you are, you know, finding yourself in a place where you're self-consumed with, with your own problems. And so it instantly popped in my head, like, okay, here I am, you know, wallowing in my pity party, I'm ready to, you know, I'm just critiquing, critiquing, criticizing, criticizing myself and my business and all of this thing. So you know what I did? I instantly went on Facebook and I made a post that I wanted to take on a client 100% for free, would coach them, no strings attached. I just want to give. Now, I already do this at Professionally Fit. We have a scholarship that we offer every quarter. And so we already take on one uh, client per quarter, complimentary, three months of full-on coaching services, right? But I was like, you know what? I'm going to offer another scholarship this quarter and I'm going to do it right now. I'm not going to do it in the formal way that we normally do it. Open up the application. You got to go on the website to apply. Then we have to read your submissions and then we got to select somebody. No, I was like, you know what? I'm going to post this on Facebook and, and just say the first person who replies gets the scholarship. Like there's no nothing fancy. Not go to this website. I don't need to collect email addresses. There's nothing businessy <laughs> attached to this offer. This is just me being in a big mood of giving. And that's what I want to do when truly it was me being in a big mood of sadness. But I know I had recently learned that when you're feeling down to give. And so I did that. Right. And so the first person that replied, I took her on as a client she got phenomenal results, learned so much about, you know, nutrition and health during those three months that I coached her. 
And I felt and I was able to reroute a lot of, you know, the sadness and depression about, you know, my journey as an entrepreneur to her. Number one, you know, this was a very self-centered act. Like I mentioned, I was doing this to make myself feel better, but I was still giving her the entire scope of what I had to offer. Um, But then it also inadvertently um, solidified my abilities to be successful in my company, right? Because I decided to give and do what I was already doing, although I was feeling kind of sucky at it, helping her get the results that she needed to get at no cost to her. She was so grateful, just couldn't believe, you know, that this pretty much fell in her lap. It helped to solidify that I am a good coach. I am really good at what I do. I know my stuff. You know, I I can do this thing. I'm going to take my companies to the next level. And so it actually worked, you know, 10 times what I I was just trying to get out of my funk, you know. And so instead of turning to some sucky food and, you know, vegging out on the couch for a couple days and just being in a depressive state, I decided to, you know, take action right away. So that's one of my suggestions by far for Um, getting over emotional eating. The next is to definitely get help, you know, seek, you know, a professional services, whether that be, you know, a therapist, a life coach, a counselor, a mentor, whatever it is, because sometimes these emotionals, excuse me, emotions are really, really heavy. And we simply don't know how to address them ourselves, right? We don't even know where to begin to get over the grief of the loss loss of our marriage or our job or of a family member or close friend, you know, because grief isn't just about death. Sometimes we're grieving the breakdown of a lifelong friendship that we had. And now we're growing apart from someone and we're grieving over that. So, you know, if you don't feel like you can just get over this thing and, you know, a couple community service events, I totally understand, right? But you have to get professional help. You can no longer put this off because you're you're causing major damage to yourself and your body, right? And probably oftentimes to other people, right? Uh, by what we're, what we're feeding our families or what we're not feeding our families when we try and address our emotions with food. So that is my advice for emotional eating. Acknowledge that it exists. Go ahead and own the fact that you are a major emotional eater. Then decide what plan of action is required for you to get healthy. Is it just hiring a coach and enrolling in a program to help you get over food addiction? Is it a basic food addiction issue? Or are you bearing some emotion that you've been refusing to deal with for weeks or months or years, right? Um, Is it you being overly consumed with yourself, right? And you're having analysis paralysis. And now you need to get outside of yourself to get over these feelings of inadequacy or inferiority or anxiety. And so, In that instance, giving or serving would be a phenomenal solution for you, right? And then finally, you know, look up Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Figure out where you land in those five needs and how you can get to that next level if you haven't already. How can you reach a level of self-actualization? Because I promise you, when you are fulfilled in your life, 
to that degree, to that high of a level, it is very difficult for something like food or um, a toxic, a toxic relationship um, or, you know, a toxic work environment or something, you know, or even trash TV It's very difficult for those things to have a presence in your life when you have reached a level of self-actualization because you know where you stand, you know how you thrive and you refuse to let anything impede on that. Okay, so that's our short episode for today, guys. I hope it was helpful. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Listen, inside the Black Health Academy, we have a super dope masterclass coming up this Wednesday on breastfeeding. We, uh, I recently sat down with a lactation specialist here in Michigan, uh, Ms. Uh, Tamika uh, Jackson-Dyer, who gave out some phenomenal information on why we absolutely must breastfeed our children, non-negotiable, how you should never give your baby's formula. Um, Nothing from a cow should ever enter your child's body or yours for that matter. If you're already inside the academy, you probably heard my masterclass that I did last week on dairy. Um, But coming up inside the academy this week, a really, really, really important masterclass on breastfeeding. It's uh, coming up inside the academy. August is Breastfeeding Awareness Month, and the black community has the lowest percentage of breastfeeding. Um, And we need to get that up. We need to get that up. Our babies cannot afford to not be fed by us, you know, by by nature. We shouldn't be giving our babies the synthetic, you know, crap that they're putting in these tubs and selling it to us and telling us that it is comparable to breast milk. It's 100% untrue. So if you're not in the academy already, get your tail in there. The BlackHealthAcademy.com, enroll, free seven-day trial. Um and see how it can work for you because these master classes have been invaluable. I even learn a ton when I sit down with these subject matter experts. And so I think the breastfeeding one is going to knock you out of the water. It's so much that I didn't know. Like I had no idea that, you know, what the mother eats doesn't uh, affect the, their their breast milk. And because I always thought, you know, oh, you shouldn't eat dairy if you're breastfeeding because your baby is going to be eating that. And that's not true. She was explaining where breast milk comes from in our body and how our diets don't have anything to do with that. And I thought that was so powerful. So there's so many questions that I asked her and that I think you guys will benefit from. So get your tail over to the Black Health Academy, get serviced for us, by us, get empowered um, by your people because we're about to take this thing to the next level. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Black Health Academy podcast. I have a... um, interview that I'm going to post soon. I went, if you heard my first interview on WKMK uh, uh, 1440 radio that I posted a few weeks back, we, they had me back just last week to do part two of that interview. And we deep dive into even more uh, nutrition and health and wellness. And she asked me some more phenomenal questions. So we're actually going to be posting that up here on the platform, hopefully this week. Um, so look forward to that. So make sure you subscribe because, hey, the Black Health Academy is kind of dope if I do say so myself. Really proud of where, what it's uh, becoming and evolving into. So subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, 
or Stitcher, shoot us some feedback. Uh, Let us know how we can serve you and what you want to hear here on the podcast. Don't forget to click on community coaching in the uh, on the podcast page on the blackhealthacademy.com forward slash podcast. If you want your issue, you want us to coach you through your nutritional or mental health or physical fitness issue, we'd be more than happy to do that live on the podcast. Until next time, guys, take care.